Imagine winning an entire season-long tournament before it's over. That's how the Blackfern Sevens are feeling right now. Star player Portia Woodman-Wickliffe is with us. A couple of absolute New Zealand sports stalwarts are with us too. Rugby's Sam Whitelock on whether this will be his last World Cup for the All Blacks. Never say never. And Silverfern Sulu Fitzpatrick on her decision to step back from top flight netball, but not yet. How it plays out is how it's meant to be. Plus, what drives Hayden Patton to fly almost 40,000 kilometres in a matter of days? The way that you dance with the car and, and the flow of the car on those stages is like nowhere else in the world. Kia ora, I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium, sports news but not as you know it from stuff. Grab your snacks, every screen you own and a good spot on the couch New Zealand, it's a huge weekend of sport coming up. We've got the International Rally of Whangarei, that's all go. It's the business end of Netball's ANZ Premiership and we'll get to both of those in just a moment but let's kick off pun intended, with the Blackfin Sevens who actually just need to show up this weekend in France. We're not exaggerating. They are so far ahead on points, they don't even need to win a single game. But that doesn't mean they're taking the foot off the gas at all. Portia Woodman Wycliffe joins me from Toulouse. Kia ora, Portia. Kia ora. Portia, that sounds like I've done my maths wrong, but how does it feel to know you've won with a whole round to go? It's pretty exciting since it's been a while since we've um, last won the World Series. But you're not going to rest on your laurels, are you? You're going for that gold this weekend in France. Oh, absolutely. I think last year was a bit of a a tease to know that we won the tournament but couldn't win the World Series. So we're going to try our absolute best to win the tournament and take out that World Series. Um, It's a long, you know, it's a long tournament and we've been here for a long time, but we're really, really excited to just get out there and play some footy. Has the side made any major changes since you claimed gold at the Hong Kong Sevens in early April? And uh, no, just from the last World Series, we've um, we've had a few injuries, um, and we've been able to welcome back um, Niall for her last tournament as well. Um, but apart from that, it's pretty much just kind of trug on, and we've 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 been training some really awesome stuff at home. But majority of the time, it's been pretty consistent from the last one. What makes the Black Fern Sevens so powerful, unstoppable, even? I think you know we 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 pride ourselves on us being a family and within a family you have crazy dynamics right you have controlling parents sometimes you have lenient parents you have older siblings that are really strict on you and you have annoying little siblings we have different people different characters within our team we have Sarah who comes across as this really amazing oh, comes she is an amazing captain but amazing strict person but in her heart she's such a caring loving person we have Niall who's like our queen bee who is strict and scary but she's also got your back no matter what and we have our young girls Georgia, Reese, Jazz. These players are incredible and I'm excited for the future that they have in this game and they bring their own character as well and everyone is allowed to be the unique self and I think that transfers onto the rugby field. Well I was going to mention youngster 19 year old Georgia Miller who's been an absolute standout performer this year Uh, and fun fact she was still in intermediate school when the Sevens made its Olympic debut in 2016. Uh, You've scored 17 tries this season so far she's hot on your heels with 15. Are you worried about your position in the team? Oh mate I think if she's going to be up there scoring all those tries, I do not have a problem with it. As look, if she's going to be around for another 10, 15 years, I think she can have it for all, all rights. I'm lucky I get to have a chance to play alongside her, be on her first World Series. I think we always talk about age, and they always give me crap because I'm a little bit older than them. And when she said that she was at Intermediate or she was able to watch us play at Intermediate 
during school for the Rio Olympics, I nearly like fainted because it just showed how much younger she is than us. But, oh, mate, if she's going to be the star of the game, I'm actually all for it. You're the you're the wise auntie. We always need those, right? <laughs> Hopefully I'm the wise auntie. <laughs> uh, so this is the end of the season for the women. What's next for you? For me, I I don't feel like I'm in a position where I'm able to go off and play different rugby like some of the uh, the rest of the girls. I'm I'm really keen to kind of start the new season really fit, really strong, really fast. We have this internal competition. I think that's also what makes us really amazing is I want to beat Stacey. I want to beat Michaela Blyde. I want to be better than them. And I think that's a great, great competition. And so while they're off having all their rugby madness, I'm going to be at home training the house down. My wife and I have a 10-year-old daughter, and I'm really excited that I get to be at her rugby games. She's playing her first year of full of 15-a-sides um, rugby and they're in an all-girls team and they took out their last uh, – they won their last game. And so I'm really, really excited to just be part of her her first real rugby season. Um, but in all honesty, I'm just really excited to get fit, fast and strong for the new season. Nothing really exciting. Fit, fast and strong is very exciting. So you, I imagine <laughs> then that you're going to be focusing on sevens and the Paris Olympics in 2024 rather than the Black Ferns 15 Pac-4 tournament coming up and then their mini World Cup later in the year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll be putting my hands up for sevens. Um, Olympics, not just the Olympic year, but this whole year has been all part of that plan just to kind of get myself um, really back into the head, back, get my head back into the game of sevens. It's a big transition between the two games. So, um, yeah, no, I've put my hand up for Paris 2024 if I can go that far. Well, fingers crossed for that. But this weekend, prediction for the weekend, who's going to be in the final and what's the score going to be? Oh, it's going to be us against Australia again. Um, would love it to be France. Who knows? We had a training camp against them last week and they put up a really awesome game. So love it to be France. Either way, if it's going to be France or Australia, we're going to top them over, definitely. <laughs> well, best of <laughs> luck, Portia. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Zoe. Lovely to talk to you. If you think you've had a busy week, imagine working flat tack for a few days in Spain, flying back home to New Zealand to do the same thing, and then flying straight back out to Poland to do it all over again. Oh, I need a lie down after that. Anyway, that's what rally driver Hayden Patton's in the midst of doing. He spoke to producer John O'Williams from Madrid Airport in between flights to get himself home for the International Rally of Whangarei this weekend. This is a really busy month for you. Uh, You've just finished a rally over the weekend in the Canary Islands and you're heading back to New Zealand and then you're off to Poland. You must need a bit of a lie down, mate. Oh, luckily you get a bit of a chance on the plane, I guess, to catch your breath and... uh... And I guess relax a little bit and unwind. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty busy period. But by all means, not complaining. It's uh, obviously a, quite a good privilege to, to be doing um, this amount of driving at the moment. So uh, enjoying it while we can. How much of a toll does all that travel take in terms of your performance uh, on the road? Uh, at the moment, it's not too bad. Uh, maybe by the time we get to Poland, we might be starting to get a little bit worn out. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the adrenaline helps and, and when you're in the in the heat of the moment, you sort of just focus on the job that's got to be done. Uh, second place in the Canary Islands and, and first attempt at the all-tarmac rally. You must be pretty happy with that result. Yeah, really happy. Um, probably a little bit more than we expected, particularly up against a lot of the specialist tarmac drivers. Um, you know, for us, the Canary Islands was about just getting some good solid points towards our championship, being it so early in the season. And we would have been happy 
well, even a top five we probably would have been happy with, but a podium was certainly the goal. Um, so, yeah, top two is even better. So you're coming home uh, to race in Rally Whangarei. You've said before this is one of your favourites. Why is it one of your favourites? Obviously pretty good memories for us. That's where we won uh, our first ever rally back in 2007, so you, you always remember your first rally win. Um, but it's also some very iconic stages up there. Uh, it's where Rally New Zealand used to be on a, a lot of those stages, but also just the camber and the way that you – dance with the car and, and the flow of the car on those stages is like nowhere else in the world so uh, it's definitely a favorite of mine and it's got a lot of good history and uh, we've had a lot of success there in the past as well so um yeah it's a place that we look forward to going to every year you're pretty dominant in terms of new zealand driving how do we get more drivers up to the same level that you're at and in the future beyond you know how do we how do we get more people really at that top level of rallying oh for sure the, the, it's it's never quite what it looks like from the outside i think there's uh, several young drivers in new zealand at the moment who are making some really good steps forward and and um you know we're in a similar position to them uh 10 years ago as well so you know in this game you've got to be so patient it's a, it's a massive experience game you know we're lucky enough that we've been able to get a lot of experience and you know we're trying to help out others with that what we've learned and try and help um, speed up their learning process as well and uh, you know ultimately it all comes down to seat time uh, and then you know if we can get some other drivers overseas um, that will help speed up that process as well but uh, the biggest barrier to that is, is funding you know as soon as you hop on that plane and head overseas the cost of rallying uh, goes up tenfold um, so it's trying to be able to counter that and find opportunities which you know is pretty difficult in our sport at the moment. Do you ever come close to shitting yourself on a really tight turn? <laughs> oh, you, you, well, you've got to give yourself a few frights, otherwise you're not probably probably not pushing hard enough. So it, it is sort of part of the territory, but you try and, I guess, control it and try and limit it, but it doesn't happen too much. Hayden Patton, thank you so much. No worries. Thanks so much. We're getting to the very pointy end of the ANZ Premiership netball competition with just one round to go after this weekend. All eyes will be on the top of the table clash between the Mystics and last year's Premiership winners, the Central Pulse. Someone who'll be trying to stop the pulse in their tracks is Mystics captain Sulu Fitzpatrick. Thank you for having me. You're heading down to Wellington for the Pulse this week and a top-of-the-table clash between the Mystics and the Pulse. They are last year's Premiership title holders. This is a crunch match for you. If you win, what does it mean? Um, I think it's very important for us in the bigger scheme of things, uh, uh, knowing that it's the back end of the season. Um, being at the, on their home court, um, they'll def- they've definitely got momentum uh, in terms of the how they're performing in this back end of the season. I think they've gone from a 0-4 run to now potentially a 7-game run or more. So they're, they're definitely hit, uh, hitting their straps. Um, I'm looking forward to playing them because I haven't this season um, and just seeing how that plays out. Well, it could go any direction because the competition is so incredibly close. Mystics, Pulse, Stars, Tactics, all kind of within, you know, finals reach. It's got to be exciting, though, obviously a bit nerve-wracking for players when everything's that close, but also exciting for the competition. Definitely. I think it's really good considering it's World Cup um, this year. In the bigger schemes, it means that everyone is um, having experience with pressure, tension, all those things. Uh, these are the these are the 
uh, things that I love. I love when um, competition is this tight. I like it when it's um, competitive and when each week matters. Um, I thrive off that and those are the sort of games that I like to play. Yes, well, uh, you have also been away the last few games. You just came back last week with a knee injury. So how's that looking? How are you going? Uh, It's nice. I I feel like a little kid asking for more minutes to get on the court. I've been uh, been squeezing every minute that I can out of um, the manager and my physio um, they know that um, I guess it's a fine balance between um, obviously the risk and but also knowing that um, in the context of things this is my last season so just balancing those things it's nice to actually touch the court again I think my second game this uh, over the weekend so getting a feel for it again um, and so hopefully I've got enough time to just keep building um, leading into those final series. Yeah, after this weekend, we've got one round and then it's the final and then that's it for ANZ Premiership for you. But then there's the Netball World Cup. Are you a chance of going? Will we see you even on the sideline in as a reserve? So I'm still with the leadership group for Friends. So we've been, um, I guess, tracking along over the last uh, few months, just preparing things for the team, um, getting ready to... Um, trying to get all the behind the scenes things ready uh, to prepare us the best that we can um, leading into um, the World Cup. Um, I understand that it's very tight uh, for positions across the board and across the country. It'll depend on how uh, the coaches and selectors want to balance the squad, whether they go you know, evens for across the court or if they're going to go more in the mid court or more in the D. Um, so it'll just depend on how their puzzle fits. Um, no point stressing over that. I think the biggest thing you can do is just front up and um, put your best foot forward. And then how it plays out is how it's meant to be. I'm not too worried, um, but trusting that things will happen as they're supposed to. Things will happen as they're supposed to. Well, uh, even though I'm a, I support the polls, I wish you all the best of luck for the weekend uh, oh, in Wellington. You. What do you think the score's going to be? Mystics by four. He's been the very definition of an all-black stalwart since his debut in 2010, but Sam Whitelock says this year's World Cup will probably be his last for the national team. The towering lock joined me for a chat on his way to oversee what could be the next generation of All Blacks in action. Sam Whitelock, welcome to the podium and lovely to hear that you're on your way to take your son to Ripper Rugby. Love it. Yeah, no, pretty cool. It's um, it's actually one of those uh, weird ones. Um, Fred plays for a team called the Mighty Pups and there's roughly 450, 500 test matches on the sideline with the fathers. So I'm going to forget someone here now. We've got Israel Dag. His son plays Kieran Reid, uh, Matt Todd, um, Cody Taylor, Fred, my son, um, Ben Fennell and uh, Jimmy Maher. So there's a few test matches there and a few Super Rugby games too. So he's probably about a, oh, I had a pure guess, a thousand Super Rugby games. It's pretty cool to catch up with those guys because some of them are still playing, some are finished and it's a nice way that we can just catch up and um, get to do something that we all bonded over you know, through the years. What a what a lineup. Does your does your son have the white lock touch when it comes to rugby? <laughs> um, if you're asking is he tall and gangly, yes he is. <laughs> um, Cody Taylor's son Luca is outstanding. He, he's probably the best player by a long way. So um, you know, he, he's the, the MVP, especially when he's uh, still pretty young too. 
So speaking of the kids, are you teaching them French by any chance? No, I've got uh, two older brothers that um, have played or are playing in France, so they always ring up and start speaking French. And for us, you know, you're just like, come on, speak English. We, we want to know what's going on. So. <laughs> um, and, you know, there have been rumours that you're off to France at the end of the year after the Rugby World Cup. Can you confirm that for us? <laughs> no, nothing's official yet. We're just uh, looking at a whole lot of different options at the moment. So... Uh, when I know, um, everyone else will know. So, yeah. Would you go anywhere else? Would you go to Japan, US? The rugby options now, I don't know if that's the right terminology, are just massive. Um, when I first started playing, there was probably one or two options open and that was about it. Where Now, if, if you're keen, you can play in New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, um, You know, there's Argentina, Japan, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, England, um, France, Italy, there's all these different spots you can go. Um, the States is a new one a lot of guys are going to and they're all different because of the, the rugby that's played and the culture that, that is there. So it's um, it's pretty cool that you do have that opportunity to travel the world if, if you want to. Now we're four months out from the Rugby World Cup. How you you know last year was really hard, and I've spoken to many of the other players about this as well. You know, and and the All Blacks copped a bit of flack from the fans. So how do you cope when things like that happen, and when the fans get rather upset about results in particular? Yeah, you're hundred percent right. It wasn't the year that um, we wanted to happen, or the year that uh, we expected. Um, and that our fans expect of us. So uh, there's nothing wrong with copying a bit of flack. It's just understanding what your job is and how you can make sure you can go out there and do your job properly. Um, I think at times everyone gets a little bit caught up in everyone's opinions rather than what you're there to do. And sometimes that means you just got to stop reading the paper, stop going onto the internet and reading comments. It's actually just, right, where's the best um, time and energy spent? And as you concentrate on that, I know that, Sounds pretty boring, but I know that's what's worked for me in the past, and um, I know some other people that do the same. Will this be your last World Cup? <laughs> uh, I think it will be my last World <laughs> Cup because, uh, what am I now, 34, 35 this year, uh, to get to another World Cup. Um, never say never because I think, you know, talking to any of the guys that I've played a lot of rugby with, um, you know, some of them are a little bit older than I am, um, that, that fire and that desire is always there, that competitive edge. And it doesn't matter if it's, you know, playing at the highest level internationally, whether it's playing cards, whether it's even racing someone down the street to pick up your kids, um, you know, when you're walking and one's on one side of the road. So that, that's the hard thing for, for any person that has that competitive edge is actually saying, hey, this is the last one. Um, but at the same time, you never want to get too sentimental because every training is your last training and, and those things so it's actually keeping it um, pretty low key and then just go out there and perform well because you don't want to be remembered as a guy that was awesome and then didn't finish his career that strong. Sam delightful talking with you. Thank you very much Here's what else is making headlines. The Warriors have slipped down the table to 11th and are back in action tomorrow night in Australia against the Bulldogs, who are currently ranked 15th. Joy Neville of Ireland will become the first ever female referee to officiate at the Men's Rugby World Cup after the list of match officials was named today. She refed the Women's World Cup final in 2017. And we are just 70 days away from the start of the FIFA Women's Football World Cup being held right here in Aotearoa and in Australia. It's so exciting. 
But if you can't make it to a game in person, we have a new way for you to watch it. Stuff has signed a major new deal with Sky, allowing us to broadcast games online at stuff.co.nz free to air. We'll have a dedicated hub online where you can get all the very latest. So there's no excuse not to get behind the football ferns and all the amazing teams. Ah, can't wait. And that's The Podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producer Jono Williams and sound engineer Connor Scott, thanks for listening. Until next Thursday, ka anō, go well. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.